0: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by my course, Rest Assured. If you've been struggling with falling asleep, or staying asleep, or just not waking up feeling well rested, you've come to the right place. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia, or CBTI, is the gold standard intervention in the management of insomnia. Rest Assured is a digital course that walks you through CBTI, step by step, with everything you need to succeed. Each of the six weekly modules guides you through some important background information for the different techniques, explores the evidence-based techniques in detail, provides multiple examples of exercises so you can find the one that works for you, and reviews the work you've completed since the last module. And rest assured, it's just not another DIY left to your own devices, but rather, you get direct access to me, a board-certified sleep physician in twice-monthly office hours where you can ask me face-to-face any questions you may have about the course material. So check out www.wellrestedmd.com ra to learn more. That's wellrestedmd.com ra, or just head to the homepage and click on Courses to learn more. Enjoy the episode! Hey there, friends and neighbors. You're listening to the Well-Rested Podcast, episode number 67, Redesigning Her Sleep. I'm your host, Dr. Joshua Lennon. If you could design your ideal sleep from scratch, what would that look like? What if you were starting from the point of intractable insomnia? What kind of design updates would you choose then? In this week's episode, I sit down with Donna, who shares her story of just terrible sleep woes. Suffering for more than 15 years, she had her share of experiences with sleep clinics and medicines and over-the-counter remedies in multiple countries, all with the same effect of not providing relief. And it wasn't until she heard the story of someone like her, who suffered just like she was suffering, that she was able to find a way out to redesign her sleep from being defined by insomnia to now one defined by feeling well-rested. To find out more about Donna and her free ebook on learning to sleep again, check out her website at designyoursleep.com. Okay, Donna, welcome to the show.
1: Hello, thank you for having me on the show. I'm really honored to be here and I've been following you for, since you began actually. And uh, I'm very grateful for this podcast, so I'm su- super happy to be here.
0: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, Tell your friends.
1: <laughs> so
0: I you know, Donna, I wanted you here because you have a, a very compelling story. You know, you've you sort of went through the entire journey of insomnia from start to finish and now, you know, have thankfully ended up on the other side. So start by, by walking our listeners through you know, how your struggle with insomnia really started. What was going on in your life at the time? What sort of experiences did you have that, uh, that really sort of led to sleeping an essential part of your suffering?
1: sure um i only actually really identified this quite recently um and it goes back to my university days. so around when i was 20. um i was at music school i was working late nights um doing concerts and that kind of thing and um it didn't seem to be an issue at the time because you know our lectures would begin at 10 or 12 so i could adapt to it so it didn't really affect my daily life um but i think that it actually began then because my kind of rhythm started out of sync However, I then moved to Japan, where I was working in hostess bars. Uh, till very late at night obliged to drink whiskey lots of lights (laughs) etc yeah it was kind of part of the job (laughs) Um, so uh, I think and then I was also working during the daytime I had morning shifts or afternoon shifts depending on the day so it was during that period really that I my body got out of sync and I didn't realize this at the time you know I was 25 and and we can kind of cope somehow at, at that point but I did start to notice the detrimental effects on my life and it got so bad that, you know, I was so s- sleepless and suffering from the stress and i not been able to concentrate and be productive during the day that at that point I noticed it. And that's when it began be- being a problem. And from there on, uh, for 15 years, I was searching for the solution.
0: Wow. So was this, you know, so you said you noticed really a lot of difficulty with daytime function a- at the time, you know, say living in Japan, was there a lot of struggle at night of, of, of getting sleep when you wanted to be getting sleep? Or was it more that you were just noticing that things during the daytime just weren't clicking like they're supposed to?
1: Yeah, because of my age, I could manage to to be okay you know, in the bar work and concentrate. And I was actually learning Japanese at the time as well and making a huge effort. And I really wanted to do it. So I was able to push myself and push myself to be attentive where I was. Um, but I had trouble getting to sleep. Obviously, I got home and it would take me two three hours to get to sleep. And then I'd wake up frequently during the night, perhaps also due to the alcohol, the excitement, perhaps the lights that I'd, I'd been under during the night. I'm, I'm not sure the, the reasons now. And during the day, um, obviously, it would be... <laughs> I mean, the effects are just unbelievable on my health. I would get sick very easily. Um, I would not be able to concentrate. I would procrastinate on jobs because I didn't think I could get them done. Um, I wouldn't be particularly attentive to friends and family because I just couldn't emotionally, um, you know, connect. Um, And I was just really trying to get through the day. Um, And, you know, to that extent. And I think when you're in your 20s, you can kind of manage um but when it you get to your thirties you just can't cope any lot any longer and it gets worse and worse and worse. Um so yeah, as I say this went on for, for Pretty much 15 years, nonstop. It was constantly an issue. Um, it was an issue on every single level—physical, mental. Um, friends and family didn't understand. Uh, zero empathy, because obviously, you know, most most people can sleep well. So, um, you know, I would. Do you put, think did,
0: did they notice? I mean, would they say something? Like, could they tell that you were struggling, or is yeah. it you, know, that you would sort of relate to them? Look, I'm sorry about what's happening because I'm just I'm not sleeping that well, and so my concentration's off. Sure.
1: Yeah. And obviously I would cancel activities or I wouldn't want to go and sleep in different environments to, to the one I was in because I couldn't control disturbances. And it really, um, you know, disrupted my whole lifestyle and including even I think think back at partners. You know, I didn't want to sleep in the same bed as my partner because if they woke me up, I would get annoyed and stressed. and I wouldn't be able to get back to sleep. So, you know, it really affects every aspect of your life. And, um, and I, I hours a day. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah day and night. Uh, pretty much. And um, unfortunately, at, at the time, you know, I, I went through this, nobody could help me. Um, you know, obviously, I went to all the different sleep clinics, the treatments, the reflexologists, the hypnotherapist. I mean, anything you can imagine. Um, I spent a fortune doing so as well. Um, had I come across a doctor like you, it would have been a, a godsend. Um, but there weren't any like you at the time. I mean, I couldn't find them anyway, <laughs> at least. So, yeah, it was a non-stop search for solutions um false hopes usually medications actually new medications that would come and work for a few days and then then not and um yeah but also this endless search for solutions you know feeds the monster at the end of the day right. because it's constant you're constantly reinforcing that there's there's no way out
0: it's an obsession yeah
1: oh it's an absolute obsession and it's and it's an identity at the end of the day you know i'm I'm an insomniac and I'll talk to everybody about it because they need to know i am not set well because I'm not productive. So everybody needs to know about it. And then everyone asks you, how are you sleeping now? Um, how, how's this? And how's that? And then you say, Oh, I'm sleeping terribly. And then you reinforce those negative thoughts about insomnia and then you become its ambassador. And once you get to that point, there's no hope. I mean, it's your identity, you know? Um, now
0: different, different providers have sort of, different approaches when somebody comes in with a sleep complaint and you know, usually for for those of us in, in sleep medicine you know, see so these are you know, physicians that are you're specialized in sleep as opposed to psychologists psychologist who come from a, a mental health background you know our, our reflexes always you know, make a diagnosis since that requires you doing a bunch of tests and then you know treating it which is usually with with medication so when you would come to you know a sleep clinic and say you know I'm, I'm not sleeping well, was usually one of the first responses is okay let's stick you under the microscope put a bunch of electrodes all over your body and and verify that you're not sleeping or what, what was the usual process when you would encounter these kind of sleep clinics
1: okay so i think there were three occasions where i went to sleep clinics in the places i was living in and uh, there was one occasion where i slept in the lab another occasion they put the electrodes on me and i went home with them on me Uh, on my bicycle which was kind of strange looking (laughs) and uh, on the other occasion um, it was also in a sleep lab and it was a very very strange environment and I hardly slept at all it was a a psychiatry uh, ward at the hospital and people were screaming all night long and and I felt very um, kind of uh, stressed out and I didn't sleep much either there too that was in Japan (laughs) Um, so the experience was quite distressing on, on all occasions apart from the, the time that I slept at home um, and the results uh, on, on the, the three occasions were street, sleep structures pretty normal you have a lot of light sleep which is to be expected in that, in that kind of condition and you don't have sleep apnea or restless leg syndrome so we don't really have a clue what to do with you and they threw medication at me um, at the time there was zero interest in, in some like psychological insomnia zero interest Um, and yeah, I received a lot of medication.
0: (laughs) Typically the, 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 the the sort of the first line medications that are given has evolved a little bit over the years, but, but all of them have some component of causing sedation. So is that sort of mostly what they would give you a a benzodiazepine or what they call the BZRAs? This is like the Ambien and Sonata and and drugs like that. They sort of go through the laundry list of those kind of drugs with you?
1: oh yeah absolutely Um, I know them all by heart Um, and unfortunately you you know you do go into a downward spiral because um, they are addictive and they they do stop working in, in some cases. Um, I do remember on one, one occasion being uh, given something called Surmontil. I don't know if you know, it's probably another name in the US. It's a former antidepressant in, you know, for its hypnotic effects. Um, and I was so grateful to that doctor at that point for having given me that because finally, during the day, I was exhausted and sleepy. And that was a sensation I hadn't felt for years. And I remember taking him a box of chocolates because I was so I was so thrilled. Um, obviously, that didn't last very long, but, um, you know, I just uh, that tired and wide feeling was was there constantly. Um, and with the different medications, obviously, the effects are different and depending also on the day. Um, I was grateful to gain some sleep. But, you know, the, the next day I was groggy. I couldn't concentrate very well. And I think also the fact that I was prescribed medication confirmed that I had an illness. And when they didn't work, it confirmed that there was no solution. And Did that made it even, even more broken than you thought. Yes. Yes. In the long term. And it got to the point where, um, you know, th- these doctors that I saw were, were well-intentioned. Um, but I, I saw one doctor who diagnosed me with attention deficit disorder. Um, and I knew deep down that it wasn't that. And he prescribed the medication that goes with it, obviously. Um, I began fainting and two months later I'd lost eight kilos and I stopped taking the medication. And uh, you know, I spoke to the doctor. Said, "Hey, I'm not sleeping. I'm not attentive because I'm not sleeping." I mean, it's me. It was obvious. And she said, "No, I know best." And that was an attitude that I came across quite often. Um, and and I know, I mean, I'm not sure in the states, but in Europe, um, general physicians, obviously not not in your case, but uh, only receive about a week of training on sleep. You know, in the um, in the seven to nine medical programs that they do. Yeah, it, it's
0: it's not much better in the U.S. You know, there there was a um, a recommendation from the uh, ACGME is sort of the governing body for medical schools in the U.S. and and with that you know, I, and this was maybe 2004 somewhere around there and, and with that we we you know, we got one hour one lecture was maybe one hour maybe 45 minutes um, and so in the U.S. You, know, you do you do four years of you know, primary medical school and then it's residency after that so it's still about seven plus years right. and there's only only one year um, uh, where everyone I mean one hour where everyone is exposed to to sleep medicine and then depending you know what residence they went into some would get a little bit more and some wouldn't mm-hmm. um so most you know come out with, with very little and so you know when i have my time with the medical students is trying to you know in, in 45 minutes how do you summarize everything about the anatomy, the normal physiology, what can go wrong, all the different disorders, all the different treatments for it, crunch that into 45 minutes, shove it down their throats, so that when mm-hmm. they're asked on a test a couple of weeks later, that they have some inkling of, of what the right answer is going to be. And so most of them walk out of school uh, with you know, very little to no understanding of what happens during about a third of the human lifespan. Um so, you know, some will get a little bit more in, in, in residency, um, you know, different grand runs and other lectures and things like that. But for the most part, it's it's very, very, very little. And for our, our general practitioners, so pediatricians, family medicine, and internal medicine you know, here in the States, that a lot of their exposure to sleep over the years after initially you know, completing medical school is really going to be with industry. So when there's a new drug that comes out, you know, whatever the hot new drug is at the moment that, you know marketing reps will come to their office and say here's a bunch of your samples for your patients let me tell you about insomnia and why this drug is the best for it. And that's sort of their education right, is, right. you know is, is from the marketing And not that the, these materials are are wrong or incorrect it's just a, obviously a very um tilted view of of what the issue is and and how it you know can best be addressed and so there, you know there's already a tendency towards medicalization of everything that, you know, if we can write a prescription for it, you know, that's how we, we treat vast majority of conditions in, in clinical medicine. So when it comes to sleep, that's sort of the natural reaction is, okay, what's the prescription that I can write for this? Um, and without really fully understanding what's really going on, you know, we, we tend to just you know, rely on whatever the most recent, you know, um, drug that, you know, rep, that came to our office to give us a sample and let us know, you know, what, what's, what's new in the world of sleep. Um, and so it is, it, it's a very, it's a, it's a very different view than sort of the, the reality of what happens in sleep you know, of all the, everything that's going on in, in the universe. you certainly consciousness um, is, is one of the great mysteries that we have yet to come close to cracking the code on. And you know, sleep is just sort of the, the other side of consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't understand consciousness, it's hard to understand sleep. If you don't really understand sleep, it's hard to understand consciousness. Mm-hmm. And it's not like there's just this one thing that all you're missing, you know, is, the ambient that all you're missing in your life is just the antidepressant that's the only thing that's keeping you from sleeping you know it is it is a very very delicate balance you know a, a symphony and there's lots of different players there's lots of different sounds and timbers you know, lots of different neurochemicals that are involved that are changing their concentration activity across night. it's it's extremely extremely complicated and to say that oh all we're going to do is just you know, crank up the tuba and hope that this person sleeps i, I think it is a very naive understanding of what it is to sleep or to be awake. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that leads to a lot of people sort of getting this experience where, you know, I'm having trouble sleeping. My doctor seems to know what he or she is doing most of the time recommended this medication. Uh, and really all that's doing is just, you know, putting the accelerator on you know, this one piece, you know, it's not that they're wrong. It's just that this is only a very one very small component of these, of this overwhelmingly complicated thing of, of consciousness uh, and trying to suppress consciousness to, to drive us into sleep. And usually the results are not what we really hope it to be. And then on top of that, you know, there are you know, effects of these agents that go beyond what we really desire. And yeah. some are sort of intended effects um, is what we know and what we would hope this, this agent would do. And some are unintended um, and that just leads to you know a whole host of, of additional problems. Um, yeah. Not to you, know, uh, you know, not to underestimate sort of this this notion that you know you have a problem now, uh, and, and this confirms it because I'm writing, I'm pulling up my pen, writing this prescription. Uh, so you have a disease, and you have to take this pill to fix this disease. And you know, if you don't take the pill, your disease is uncontrolled. If you take the pill and your disease is still uncontrolled, then you know you're 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 beyond broken, and mm-hmm. uh, you. And that just leaves people feeling dependent, you know. Even if it's not a, you know, a, an agent that has abuse potential, addiction, or anything like that, but they, they just feel there's a sense of dependency because, well, now I've got this label, and the only fix, you know, for this label is to take this pill every day. And so then there's this sense that, you know, I can really only sleep if I sort of obey the rules and and take this pill every day. And even when I take it, I'm really not sleeping all that well. And so it's just, it's very, very disheartening. You know, the the whole experience could just be extremely disheartening.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: So you went through this this cycle, you know, not just for six months or like two years of a pandemic, like a lot of people are experiencing now, uh, but for a a decade and a half. I mean, that's that's
1: a very very
0: long time to be suffering like that. What ultimately helped you get out of this? I mean, how did you sort of escape the the you know the, the black hole of insomnia and, and end up better rested at the end
1: uh sure i'll answer that question but as you were as speaking i was just thinking that there is um you know obviously along the way doctors did tell me certain aspects of sleep hygiene you know get up in the morning at certain times etc um and the thing is when we struggling with insomnia to, to the extent that i did we believe there's no simple solution because our insomnia is unique. So it is possible that in a lot of cases I didn't listen to the doctor. And the reason is that they didn't explain why. So if you explain to me why you need to get up in the morning at this time and not sleep and not do anything else until the evening because of sleep pressure and it works like this and that's that's why, I may possibly have have listened.
0: Well even to to expand on that, you know, it's often kind of a, an afterthought. I mean even in our office, you know, because the time is so limited. You know, we only have so much time in front of a person and you're trying to get a history, do yeah. an adequate examination, oh. come with some formulation and then a treatment plan that um, there's not a lot of time for just you know lecturing somebody about <laughs> about light and, uh, and caffeine yeah. and all these other. So usually it's a handout. So it's, okay, yeah, I, right. my sense is that you're having trouble sleeping. So on your way out, like, make sure to pick up <laughs> you know, this you know one-sided piece of that's paper. Amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah.
0: But that's still, it's it's not really providing, it's not providing the rationale, it's not providing the background information. It's just more, you know, hey, do this. And I think a lot of people, you know, they see something like, well, you know, don't drink too much caffeine. And so, you know, after, you know, pounding, you know, 20 cups of coffee a day, one day they stop drinking coffee at, at noon, they go into caffeine withdrawal, they suffer all afternoon, they suffer insomnia that night. So then they say, well, this dumb doctor doesn't know what he's talking about because you know, I, I cut out caffeine for one afternoon. It didn't work. I was more miserable than usual. Uh, So clearly either I'm even more broken than I thought,
1: Yeah. this idiot
0: has no idea what they're talking about. Um, And then they made me go like all the way down the list, you know, exercise. And so, okay, well, I I went jogging one morning. I was winded after 35 seconds. (laughs) I was limping on the way home. And I was just miserable all day long. I was covered in sweat, you know, and so I didn't sleep any better. I actually slept worse than usual. So, you know, the hell no, like scratch that one off the list. And so I think you know a lot of these recommendations because it's sort of it's they're just provided. Here's here's the laundry list of of what you should be doing, and typically it's given as an afterthought. Um, that usually you know even if somebody does attempt some of the things on on you know, the standard list of sleep hygiene. That the results are usually not what what people want. And so usually after one or two attempts, they're, they're discarded. And then it's back to, I'm broken. None of this is working. Nothing ever works for me. Um, I'm never going to get better. And it just sort of digs them deeper and deeper into the hole.
1: Yeah, I think that's also a message that's missing, is that we need to try these things for at least 10 days or so. Um, and we don't. That's what I, you know, I would try a couple of days and say, oh, it doesn't work. So, you know, I think there there is a lot of um, education also that's missing around, around these kind of sleep hygiene rules. The so the real reason why, because, you know, the... Insomniac in general is perfectionist. They want to understand things. They want to have control of the situation. Not in all cases, but a lot. And I think if we had that information, that would certainly help. Um, I think from my from my point of view, yeah.
0: it's also hard to hear. You know, I'm, yeah, you know, here I am in front of you, like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm desperate. Like, uh, you know, I'm I'm broken down. <laughs> like, there's nothing left of me. Like, I just I'm I'm so desperate for some help. Like, please just let me sleep tonight. And you know the you know the information to get back is well. You know, if you get up at 5 a.m. and, you, you know, you go jogging for half an hour every day, that eventually within a few weeks, you'll be feeling better. And it's like, well, <laughs> like, yeah, no, I know. that sounds miserable. Yeah. Like, why no, you know, help me right now. Like, I want to sleep tonight. Like, I don't want to sleep weeks from now. I want to sleep right now. I'm desperate.
1: Right. And so it's,
0: yeah. that kind of advice is is even harder to swallow, I, I think, when you're in that situation. You know, because from the outside, you, know, you could say, well, I'm not having struggle, struggle sleeping. I know that there's value in exercise. I know there's that value in, you know, not drinking to excess or limiting caffeine. And so I can understand that if, if I feel like I'm at, you know, 85% optimal health, that if I can get another 5% by doing some of these tweaks, like that seems reasonable. But mm-hmm. if I feel like I'm at like negative 25% of optimal health and you're telling me that, you know, I've got to make a bunch of small tweaks and it's going to take time and effort, that's that you're asking more than I have to give. And I think right. that's where a lot of people, you know, end up breaking. Is, is that just mm-hmm. it's, it's it's almost too much to ask of them?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's one step at, a t- step at a time with certain people. I, I totally agree. Um, sorry, I, I interrupted you, and I think you asked me about how I got out of my insomnia. Yeah, so med- what, what were the
0: what, what were the one steps at a time that you took okay, to make so, yeah, this fall
1: I, out? Hopefully, I can remember them. So the the initial one, I mean, having gone through all these different, um, you know, medical professionals and the fifteen years and all the rest unbelievably one day and I'd already read a lot of books been on the social media and forums and etc and I picked up a book somehow um, it, at 10 euros uh, it was the effortless sleep method by Sasha Stevens I don't know if you know about this book I mean there were many books out there and I opened the book and the first page written on the first page was me she was describing exactly what I was going through I was her former self pretty much So she struggled also for 15 years. Um, She wrote every single thing I was experiencing throughout my daily life. And it was the first time I'd felt empathy, even though it was, you know, the written word, obviously. The way she expressed herself, um, I could feel the empathy. And I could feel that it was someone else who'd been through the the situation I had. And she explained how she got out of it. So because I believed in her, I followed her what she suggested to a T, this is really unbelievable, for what I'm going to say, within 10 days, I was sleeping well.
0: And w- was this anything that you like, I mean, was this like, like this is coming out of left field, oh, this sounds so strange, or was her, her method, basically, it was sort of like a reformulation of things that you had encountered from time to time across those yeah. 15 plus years?
1: There's nothing really, looking back, there's nothing really that new in there. It was just the expression and the empathy, and she'd been there
0: because because she could do it, she was exactly where you were, yes she followed that she could do it, therefore th- there's finally some hope that you could also it was the
1: hope so. you know it was the first glimmer of hope that I'd had in about fifteen years, and I devoured the book in two hours, I think you know, and I sent to place exactly what she said from from that that evening. And simple things, you know, getting up in the morning at the same time, she didn't explain why actually but getting up in the morning in the same time, not watching the clock during the night, you know, all this, all, all the things you know inside out. Um, also, uh, you know, getting out of bed. She suggested laying on a cold floor, um, you know, if you're 15 or 20 minutes in bed. And that quickly got me associating, you know, my comfy bed and and sleep with a positive
0: I have heard that one before. <laughs> yeah,
1: so I lay on the cold floor for four nights. And after four nights, I was getting back into bed and I was sleeping.
0: Because is, um, is it, is it the floor is so uncomfortable, right? I mean, it's just you're... you're
1: well, it, so, it's certainly where we are. It's cold. Yeah. <laughs> so, Yeah. Mm-hmm so I also had other other things planned in advance to do um, a big one f- for her is also you know the, the fact that we we have so many negative thoughts around insomnia we're constantly talking about it reinforcing our negative thoughts and something I began to do immediately was to even though it wasn't true was to say say I sleep well now and write that down constantly you know during the daytime and also when people asked me if I was sleeping well even though I'd slept terribly I would say I slept really great last night and sometimes I would even brag about having slept well when I hadn't. Um, and that was really empowering. And today I can say that, but I do actually sleep well. you know. <laughs> so, so that's, you know, it's, it's just fantastic. And it's like a miracle for me. Um, and I'll be ever, eternally grateful to, to this lady, because if I hadn't read that book, I may still be struggling today. Um, what else did she suggest? Um, there, were, there were 12 things in total, Um There was a a sleep restriction part. Well, I don't like saying restriction because I think it's a a negative way of of looking at it. But it's, you know, like sleep compression or consolidation. Um, But she suggested, you know, take the time you think if you could sleep well during the night, what would be sufficient? And I at the time had the eight hours fixed in my head like most people. Um, So I took 30 minutes off that. And I stuck to that. So I would go to bed around 1130 and get up at seven every single day. And that actually worked for me. Um, today, in reality, I need around seven hours sleep if I sleep well. Um, but that really helped me just to get my body clock back in sync. You know, what,
0: what were you doing before? So if if, you know, 1130 to seven was really what clicked for you. Yeah. What was sort of your, your schedule, say, you know, a month, six months before then?
1: Uh, It it would depend. It would be all over the place, depending on when I could sleep. You know, obviously, during the week, if I was working and not sleeping well, I would recuperate on the weekend. Um, And we all know the effects that that has on us, you know, the social jet lag and and all the rest. So, yeah, I continued to be completely out of sync. Um, But as soon as I believed what she said, I understood why. And I put those those, um, you know, activities into place or those sleep hygiene rules that apply to me into place. The improvement was extremely quick. And I think after around 30 days or so, a month or so, I was, I'd reg- regained confidence in my ability to sleep. And I knew there was no going back.
0: That's Seriously.
1: Wonderful. It's, it's, it's really wonderful. And looking back, I could never have imagined that would happen because I had no hope. Um, however, I think the journey's, you know, it, it's been a lot longer than that. It's been around six years now. Um, and I'm still building on it. Um, you know, my sleep's getting better and better. Uh, from there, I went on a fasting retreat uh, to the south of France. Um, I only actually went to be in the villa with the swimming pool, to be quite honest. I wasn't <laughs> really interested in the fasting, but it was a cheap, way, a cheap way to go and have a holiday. And, but I obviously did the fasting too. And during that week, I understood a lot of things about nutrition through the classes and stuff that we did. Um, and me coming from the north of England, where we eat huge plates of food as fast as possible in front of the TV, I didn't realize how much food I was eating. Um, and since then I've reduced my food intake by about half. Uh, I use a small plate and obviously I, I choose quality food now as well, which wasn't the case before. And I put my knife and fork down between mouthfuls, which allows me to digest and, you know, actually realize what I'm eating and also get the nutrition nutrients out of the food. Um, so that was one improvement that I made following that fasting retreat. And secondly, um, I didn't obviously didn't drink any coffee during that week and my sense of calm and peace you know was coming out of that that week um, was just unbelievable a difference for me probably I I drank around two two three cups of coffee I was sleeping well at the time but I was drinking quite a lot of coffee still and that at that point I realized the effect that coffee had on me And for a few weeks, I didn't drink any coffee at all when I got back to Paris, which is where I live. And then I had a coffee one day. I had the jitters, anxiety, the panic all came back. And then I realized the effect it had on me personally. Obviously, it's not the case for everybody, but I seem to have some kind of, you know, hypersensibility to coffee. Uh, However, I still drink a little bit in the morning because I like it and I haven't managed. I'd love to remove it completely and uh, it's not been the case so far. So I think that was like a second kind of brick to to improving and also- Had you
0: ever, I mean, had this crossed your mind either no. the, the issue with caffeine or even just a, a focus on better nutrition, better eating habits? Was that even on the radar prior to you getting your sleep settled or is it more just you know, in terms of my health, the only thing that matters is the fact that I'm not sleeping and everything else is sort of secondary?
1: Uh, I was conscious of it. Um, because obviously because you when you, you you're not sleeping well, you eat a lot more sugary foods, processed foods, you are, you know, you, you have these cravings. Um but I I hadn't believed that it was it was that relevant to my sleep, to be to be perfectly honest. And I wasn't taking good care of what I was eating. So that's definitely, definitely contributed. And now when I eat something that's kind of um, you know, not beneficial to me, I can I can I can feel it. Um, so it's really, for me, a, a question of testing and learning what works for me and what doesn't, at, you know, specific times of the day. So, yeah, I think that's that's really contributed uh, quite a lot to, to to my, you know, my sleep improvement. And I'm still improving, you know, um, morning and evening routine is something that's really key as well to me to, you know, to... To keep my sleep in sync. Um, obviously, I'm not strict with it at all times, but it's something I go back to if I feel that my sleep's getting off track again. Um, I have quite a, a strict morning routine, which really suits me, and the same in the evening. Um, and also light, you know, obviously in Paris we have a lot of grey skies and um, I use a light therapy lamp as soon as I get up in the morning. And um, that's really, really beneficial to me. And obviously I know, you know scientifically that it helps my sleep also in, in the evening, but also the, you know, the beneficial effects during the day.
0: Do You do that so, in the summer as well, or, or more just in, yes, the, in
1: the fall and winter months? I use it in the summer too, simply because, you know, because of work reasons or, or whatever. I'm not necessarily outside first thing in the morning, although I do try to, um, you know, I'll try and go for a jog or whatever in, in the sunshine. But um, yeah, I tend to use it now all year round.
0: Do you find yourself one of the you know, the the common negative feedback uh, pieces that I get about them is that people feel kind of stuck or tied to to the lamp? So if they have it in their bathroom, they're getting ready. You know, they're brushing their teeth or whatever, and then they you know they need to go get something out of the closet okay. and like, you know, can, am I allowed to step away or how does that work or if they're if they have it sitting at their kitchen table and they're reading the newspaper or something, and then they they got to go you know get another cup of coffee or whatever and they, you know, they step away they're like, well I feel it am I, do I need to pick this up and bring it with me but you know it's plugged in the wall <laughs> I mean, do you have any practical uh, challenges yeah. with using oh. the, the light lamp or do you feel like I, I know that this is here to help me i don't have to be quite so rigid about it so whether mm-hmm. i get 100 percent saturation or whether the angle is off slightly and i walk away for a few seconds it's it's not quite as big of a deal as a staring at the sun for 20 minutes straight
1: yeah, no, I'm not as strict, but however, my morning routine allows it, me to be close to it because you know I get up. Well, I'll tell you, but I get up in the morning, I drink my water, and then I meditate in front of the lamp. Okay. So I've got at least twenty minutes in front of it, and then I do my affirmations and all that stuff. So that lasts about five minutes. Um. So yeah, it's kind of ideal for me because I'm I'm in the same position for quite a while. Um. But if not, I I just have it on in, in the living room and hope for the best. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's great. So all of this, you know, this incredible transformation and focusing on other areas of, of health in your life, you've sort of decided to, to take on this professionally as well. So you, you recently enrolled in the, and I'm probably going to butcher the Institute SOMNA. Is that how, yes. how it's pronounced? Yeah,
1: it? exactly. So it's a French, it's only French speaking Institute in, in Canada. And it's actually a holistic sleep therapy program. And it's, it's really excellent. I was so lucky to to find it. Um, nothing exists like that in English, from what I can tell. Um, and it's a program that covers, you know, from infant sleep to senior sleep, from zero to 100 years old, you know, because obviously sleep's evolves as, as we as we age. Um, it covers many many subjects. You know, chronic pain, um, obviously sleep science in general, um, in, even inflammation and autohypnosis and PNL. I mean, it's very very varied. So it gives you a lot of tools. And obviously, um, you know, on the sleep sleep side, it, it's it's uh, very complete. But the other ones are more modules, so that we know who to refer our our clients to uh if it's not expected as expertise because obviously you know when you you're working sleep therapy I'm not a doctor and I'm not a psychologist and I need to kind of stay on my territory on what I'm, I'm certified for so it's just that knowledge of of all the different professions around me that that can help you know the people I work with so it's yeah it's very very complete and, and varied and um we just have one module module less which but left, which is on sleep and the couple. Uh, And then I've got a couple of case studies to finish and and things. So I have worked with quite a lot of clients so far, some of whom, you know, paying clients and some who are just for practice, um, you know, mostly friends and family and friends of friends. Um, And a difference I've seen between the two populations is that uh, the the people that are not paying don't necessarily come with a, uh, you know the notebook, <laughs> and they, so they're not as committed perhaps as, as the ones that do. So I've begun just only accepting people who who paint simply for the the commitment point of view, um, because uh, you know that that's necessary. Uh, it's sometimes not easy. You've got to put certain habits into place, you know, um, and actually really commit to doing certain things. So it's, I guess it's like coaching as well. Um, you know, it's it's not they need to be accountable and and it's not just me, um, you know, they really need to, to make changes in their life, which can be quite significant sometimes. So um, yeah. So
0: do you, do you feel your role is similar to say the role that Sasha Stevens played with her book for you, you know, someone who has sort of gone through and, and recognized, okay, I don't have like a life threatening illness here. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm simply dealing with, you know, just quote unquote insomnia. Mm-hmm. and I need some help because the help I need for, for that is not coming from these other sources that help right. me rule out these other you know, uh, terrible problems. And yet they didn't really leave me with, with much hope or, uh, uh, or treatment options. Um, and so do you think as as the consultant, as the sleep coach, as a the sleep therapist, that mm-hmm. you can provide that same role rather than in book form, like Sasha Stevens did for you, but sort of more on a, on a one one role of consulting with with these clients, helping guide yeah. them through these you know, yeah, your, your similar, you know, 12 steps that you had gone through um, from her book to lead them through, you know, to help pull them out of this this hole of insomnia and show them that, you know, yes, it is possible. Yes, it, it can happen. And I'm living proof of it
1: yes absolutely and I think you know that that was kind of my um my mission at the end of the day because you know i had been through recently um I've worked in these huge companies with great jobs and great pay slips and all the rest and none of it really made much sense to me um I didn't really feel much purpose in what I was doing and then suddenly on the train one day I thought why on earth wouldn't I help people get through what I went through um I've no idea how to do this because you know obviously I didn't know anything about anything and I thought but I got through it and I can certainly help other people through it and it can learn and it's, it's interesting. And obviously sleep is very, very, uh, there's so many things to learn and it'll be a lifetime journey. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, and I'm not a doctor, so there'll be a lot of things that I, I, you know, medicine wise, I could never understand. Um, but yeah, I do. I certainly think there's a, a, there's a, a place for sleep therapists now. Um, it's just emerging, you know, we know today to go to a wellness coach or to a nutritionist. We don't necessarily know that it's a sleep coach, so i think it's it's something a profession that really is emerging and uh, people are becoming to, starting to know about that um and i think yeah there's a place for us for sure um you know because we have that time we can spend time with the with the, the client um we can accompany them which you know doctors don't have the time to do or some cases they don't have the knowledge or the interest depending on on who it is so um yeah it's it's just you know kind of figuring out our place and and how to be visible and and you know, become known um, and help the people that need it. Um, because there are so many people out there, you know, I work in a co-working space here in, in Paris. So I, there's around 200 people here, two out of three have sleep problems, you know, two out of three, it's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, often there's a, there's a consultation at the lunch, t- the lunch table, but <laughs> quite <often laughs> you need to go a little bit further to explore what the real issue is, you know? So
0: uh, if, if somebody wants to work with you and not just, yes. you know, at the lunch table, where, where can they find you and, and learn more about your work?
1: So so My, my site's called designyoursleep.com. Uh, you can find more information about me and my background. And there's also a place to reserve if you want to have a conversation with me for 15 minutes, it's a free consultation. Um, and you can reserve that, that no problem. There's a few open spaces per week. Um, I also have an ebook that you can download um, with some basic information, um, Certainly the key information that helped me is in there. So that could be a value to, to your audience today, to the people who are listening. Um, and that's it, yeah. So you can find me on designyoursleep.com. Okay,
0: sounds great. We'll have that link in the show notes as well. Well, Donna, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you sharing your story with us. And and hopefully you'll have changed some minds just like Sasha Stevens did with, with her book for you.
1: Hopefully, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> thank, well, thank you, for you so much. Time. Thank you.